I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Weiss, your professional and life coach, making sure that your experience with both is nothing short of spectacular. I'm here with Brigham Dallas. Hi, Brigham. Hey, Jody. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Let me tell you something about Brigham. Brigham Dallas is the founder and owner of Hello Sugar, a Brazilian wax and sugaring franchise based in Phoenix, Arizona. Hello Sugar has a unique and technology-focused approach that has made it one of the best companies in the nation and one of the fastest-growing franchises in the country. With 76 units in just two years, Hello Sugar is revolutionizing the industry. Wow, you are on fire, Brigham. Have <laughs> 76. That's amazing. Had you always been interested in <clears throat> franchising and building and you know scaling a business in at an incredible rate? No. And like, you know, this this is something that if you told me seven years ago, I would laugh at you. In fact, <laughs> uh I had somebody tell me like, Hey, I think you'll one day be my competition. And I laughed at that person. I was like, no, there's no chance. Like this is going to be a one room store. Nothing like that's going to happen. And it just exploded to like a level I would never have thought possible. Wow. That that's amazing. Well, I want to hear how, but let's, um, let's hear about what you were doing seven years ago. And Mm -hmm. if you can briefly uh, tell the listeners, what is hello sugar? Sure. Yeah. So Hello Sugar is a Brazilian wax and sugaring concept uh, based in Phoenix, Arizona. And people get waxed. I, I liked, I, I'm not passionate about waxing. I'm not a, Ouch. I don't wax myself besides Ouch. my eyebrows and all, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, it's something where the hair grows back every month. Yeah. There's a high service cost and low operating cost to it. So you have recurring revenue, you have a low cost of goods sold or cost of service, and you have clients that you know, it's, it's a, it's a large demographic, right? I mean, anyone who is female between the t- ages of 20 to 40 probably is experienced in some sort of way, waxing or hair removal. Right. Right. And, yeah. and again, as I said earlier, it's painful. Yeah. You know? it's painful. Yeah. Especially, you know, around lips and eyebrows and things like that. So yeah. how is hello sugar better? Yeah. And, you know, and just a little comment on this to make sure it's like fully transparent. We are 76 units today. We started the franchise two years ago before opening the franchise in 2015, I started hello sugar, the brand. And typically with franchise concepts, you build a proof of concept before you take it to a large market strategy. And so in 2020, when COVID was like just starting to get crazy, (laughs) that's when I was like, you know what, let's take this nationally, (laughs) like perfect timing. Right. And then 2021 is when we actually opened and started uh, a national strategy. Okay. That's great. So um, just, I'm curious. And again, listeners are curious. I think I know what it is. 
Yeah. Can you explain what is it? Oh, wax, well, waxing the hair removal. Oh, yeah, so, so what's yeah? What's the what's the process, the and how is it different than yeah. simply waxing? Great, yeah, great question. So, waxing and sugaring are two types of hair removal. Uh, to get into the weeds of this, a Brazilian wax is basically anything in the bikini area, front and back. Mm -hmm. So, right. and you would think like, hey, this is people going to the beach. It's not. It's typical. I mean, not to be too graphic, but it's women. The age, ages of 20 to 40 is the general population who are in a relationship, sexually active, just they want to look good in that area and they don't like hair down there or they want to take care of themselves. And it's just like, you know, clean. That's not to say that there's not other people that do it. I'm just saying that's like the, you know, two sigma level of our of our clientele. It's, it's about 80 percent women of that age group. Great. So it's and, uh, line. Yeah. Yeah. And then what makes Hello Sugar different there's a lot of things, but you know, if you look in the space, and this is this is something for business owners, you've heard of SWOT analysis, where you look at the yes. strengths and weaknesses, and then you yeah. look at everybody else, and you look at their opportunities and threats out there. And so we looked at all the other competitors, and you know, the big four would say European Wax Center. They're they're the largest in the country, and they have a special wax. That's their that's their claim to fame. There's uh, there's another one called Sugaring NYC. They're a sugaring purist, and sugaring is an organic form of hair removal that hurts less. Okay. And there's another one called radiant waxing and radiant waxing does speed waxing. Mm. And if, if you really look at what all this boils down to, these are feature rich companies that are kind of missing the mark because the mark is not, Hey, I want a special wax. The, the, the mark is I want a special wax that makes it hurt less. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to try right. organic sugaring because it hurts less. Mm -hmm. Or I want to get this done faster. So I'm gonna try speed waxing, right? These are, these are feature rich, like characteristics that they're promoting. We came out and we were just like, Hey, our process hurts less. So like our branding is it hurts less here. So we find the right product for your skin. And then our estheticians are really trained on pain management. So we go through this 50 point pain management certification of all of our estheticians is really rigorous. And it's a lot better than what you'll find in the other markets because we train better. And so that's our claim to fame. That's what makes us different. Um, for small businesses, it's the same process. You know, like if, if you want to stand out, you've got to compete in the top three and whatever you're trying to do, you have to be in the top three and you have to be like really specific on what you're doing uniquely compared to others. For example, if you're in the soap market, you know, Dove is like claimed the soft, silky, smooth soap, right? Like you don't want to be a Dove competitor. They've already got that market. Um, so you kind of like find where your niche is and then you, mm -hmm. you really ex exploit that niche to the, to the fullest. Yeah. How did you do that? Or how would you suggest others do that? Because you know, I hear what you're saying. I totally agree. Yeah. You've got to find out and differentiate yourself yeah. from others and then really advertise that. But mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you did that, where you went to do that, and then how you got things to really explode. Yeah, I, I did this within five hours and $100. So I'll tell you the whole process. Okay. <laughs> I spent. Right. <laughs> I spent three hours researching every competitor. This is like when I opened in 2015. I, I didn't know anything about waxing. And I'll and I'll tell you this. I, I knew so little about waxing that it was a month into opening that I Googled the difference between a Brazilian wax and a bikini wax. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Very graphic. I was like, oh, this is what this is. Um, Good yeah. news. So my product I knew nothing about, right? But what I did know a lot about is people intentions and like the the human psyche of 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 the of the service. And so 
I looked up every review of every competitor in Phoenix and I created a word cloud, a word cloud being like the density of how often people said specific things. So I looked at like the negative things plus the positive things. And I really looked for salons that had a frequency of reviews. That means they were busiest. And so those are like your all-stars, right? So if a salon has 500 positive reviews, but they're all two years ago, then this they're not getting recurring clients in. Mm-hmm. So I want to find salons that are weekly getting positive reviews. Those are my all-stars. What are they doing right? And the predominant thing that I saw across three hours of research was she makes me feel comfortable. Mm. That's what I learned. Okay. Mm. So that was my starting point. I started with that. And then I looked at the concepts that were out there and European has this like high fashion concept. They're like, they're like in the Vogue kind of, you know, the Miami vice Mm. feel, you know? Right. right. There's other concepts that are like, I'm going to the beach and this is going to be fun. And I was like, okay, let's think of different kinds of concepts. And so I took the, the fashion concept and I took a picture of that. And then I took the, uh, you know, the Miami, the beach vibe concept, the hanging out uh, concept with friends. And then I had a larger girl and I was Mm. like, you know what would feel comfortable? A larger person, Mm. you know, this is going to market everybody. So I tried different, I had different theories and then I spent a hundred dollars on Facebook and I didn't care about the results at the end. I just wanted to see what the engagement on these ads were. And I took the five different concepts and the one with the larger girl, she was in a bikini, but she was larger. They said, they said, like, I got, I got three times the engagement on that than I did anything else. Mm. And so I said to myself, this is it. This is the concept. Mm-hmm. How do I make people feel comfortable? I'm going to use bigger models. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use everything in, in my verbiage. The way that people come in, the service that I'm giving is all about making somebody feel comfortable when they walk in the door. Right. That That's great. I love the fact that, you know, you didn't go with, you know, sleek and, and I'm going to say it bony, yeah. <laughs> you know, super slim because for a lot of people to turn off, I mean, I, you know, that I resizing, you know, it's just, just saying I'll never look that way. But if you look at a normal, larger person, um, that that's an opportunity to make somebody really feel great about themselves with your service. 100%. And, you know, like looking at this, it wasn't, it wasn't my theory that prevailed, right? It was, let's test a couple of things and see yeah. what actually works. Right. Data-driven results. And it was a hundred bucks I spent on Facebook. And from a hundred dollars, I, I got the same as having this huge marketing company come in and tell me what to, you know, and yeah. this is guerrilla warfare of like trying to figure out the right results on this. And what I thought, you know, I was oblivious. I was completely wrong. Like what I thought, I was like, okay, I'm going to hire the most beautiful estheticians because it's the beauty industry and we need Mm. beautiful people. Mm. That's the complete opposite thing that you should do, right? Mm. Like if you're naked on a table, I don't care if you're the prettiest supermodel in the world, you don't think you are, right? And so if you're naked on a table, you want somebody that makes you feel comfortable. It doesn't Mm. matter what you look like. And so people of all walks of life, of all types, if you can walk in the room and have, and instantly become their friend, that's the kind of person I want to hire. So it really sounds like it. Uh, it's about relationship building. One hundred percent. And um, for for any business, the minute somebody walks into your store, or even before they walk into your storefront or website or whatever it is, it's really about establishing a positive um, interaction. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and like owners should know this. Owners should know what the competitors really use to distinguish themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you should be able to answer the question, what about you? What what makes you different than everybody else? And not just different, but different 
that actually gives benefit to the end user. You know, I think sometimes we try to be different, but different in the wrong ways, you know, just because we think it's cool, it's hip, but it's not the thing that the end user cares about. Right, right. We've got to, we've got to hook them. We've got to say, hey, I'm going to solve your problem. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, really research and really go with that line of thinking and selling to uh, reach out to folks. And um, so what did you do next? I, I you know, I want to get the yeah. arc of the huge spiral into, you know, growth and scaling. Yeah. Okay. So for five years, again, so this was not for five years, I ran proof of concept in Arizona. I tried a bunch of different things. I was always trying to build just a really nice brand. And finally I figured it out 2020. And I'll tell you one of my biggest learning experiences in this, uh, 2020 hit and COVID hit. And in our space, we use gloves that you would find in hospitals. Mm. You use uh, tongue depressors, you know, to do the waxing, which mm. is also found at hospital. And we use medical grade uh, cleaning supplies for the tables. So like we use something called cavicide. It, it can kill AIDS. Like it's like high end. <laughs> and all these things tripled in price and became non-findable during mm, COVID. Yeah. It was scary. Right. And so this is something for business owners as well. I think as business owners, we're very scared to raise prices. We think we're the little dogs. We should be less than everybody else. Mm. You know, we, we shouldn't raise our prices. And for five years, I had that concept. And going into COVID, I'll, I'll give you an example. In Arizona, the market rate for a Brazilian, let's say was $50. I was 39. I was wow. way cheaper. Oh, yeah. 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 I raised my, and, I, and at COVID, I just said, I can't, I won't, I won't be able to function. I won't even be able to live through this. I raised prices 18%. We went from a 39 to a $49 Brazilian membership and people didn't bat an eye. Mm -hmm. I was but, so scared, Jody. Yeah. So scared. Yeah, you know, it's it. You've got to really think about the value you are providing. Again, how are you different? You're using these medical grade, uh, you know, sanitary cleaning items, which many people will pay for. And yeah. you know, you're. It sounds like you've trained your people to be friendlier and be, um, you know, how to really, again, go with the comfort level. So mm -hmm. your, your value is, is much greater. It sounds like than your competitor. Yeah. And we really, we really tried at that level, you know, we were still small, so we'd claim it. And I'd say we were probably 75% of the way there, mm -hmm. but now that you have these 20% raise in margin, now I've got money to really spend on training. I've got money to spend on really getting the brand perfected and like all the other things I needed to do to make this concept like explode. And now there's actually profit for me as well because right. I'm like actually in a good area, right? I don't have to have 20 salons to make the same profit as I could with fewer because my, my prices are right. Mm. And so that, that had to be figured out. And then how did we scale to 76 locations in two years? A uh, couple things, uh, Jody, one of the things that I think is most important for business owners is ask yourself the question, how do I get somebody in the door? And then how do I upsell them? And how do I get somebody in the door with the least barrier to entry possible? Hmm. Okay. So the least barrier to entry is free. If I can get somebody in the door for free for them, and then I can upsell them, that's a winning combination all day long. So we do this with our clients. We give them a free bikini wax. To try us out. Wow. You give it yep. free. Uh, free. Awesome. 
Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of belief in your product oh, yeah. and services. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and then while they're booking, we upsell them to a Brazilian wax for twenty bucks, and that will cover our costs, just our costs. And then we sell memberships for future services. And the average person, we sell one in almost two people that come in the door on a membership. Great. Yeah. And so that was, that was like the client side. Like we figured out the client side through this program, Mm -hmm. but then how do we find franchisees in a market that, you know, is very competitive. There's lots of big organizations doing this and it's really tough to be a franchise. So we follow the same principle. We lowered the barrier to entry to as close to free as possible. It's not, but like it's close as we can get it. And then we took a lot of the risk out. So a typical salon analytics on this, it's $400,000 to build and takes a year of your life. When you're looking to build, you think like a, I mean, these are all over like a crumble cookie or like a 1200 square foot box in a shopping center. From the day you say, I want to build this to the day it's built, it's going to take one year contracts, building loans, et cetera. It's one year. So you have a year of your life and $400,000 to join a concept you don't know is going to work. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. right. So what we've done is we've completely turned the model on its head. We opened salon suites and salon suites are 10 by 10 rooms inside of a larger salon mm. boutique. Nice. Yep. And these salon suites are Average franchisee is making per location is making $67,000 profit. Our top quartile are making $107,000 profit annually on these suites. We build them in two months. They can two to three months to get them up and running. Mm -hmm. It costs $60,000 and and 10 of that's working capital. So it's even less than that to get all up and running. You can get a loan for a lot of this. You put a lot of them on a credit card, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like the barrier to entry is super low. Once they're up and running, and they've proved concept, meaning they got clients in the door, they've got our esthetician season, their staff is doing well. Once the concept's proven, then they go find the flagship location and they spend a year of their life building it out. And they don't stress because they already know that it's working. So we've limited the barrier to entry. We've lowered the barrier to entry, get them in the door, get them seasoned in the company. Then they know and they love and they love all the all the support that we're providing. And then from there, Hello Sugar can build a flagship. And the whole time it's being built, they're making profits. That's great. Great idea. You know, you're really, um, you know, it's a win-win for, for both hello sugar win-win for the salon. Um, you may get somebody in there, um, at the salon who just wants the, the Brazilian wax, but then, you know, they see how great people look and, you know, the, the, the salon can welcome them and give them even like a, a little uh, takeaway bag with some discounts and coupons to get them back for, you know, haircuts and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, uh, we definitely try to provide a lot of value for our membership by giving like extra services as they continue to come back in. Right. That's great. Um, you know, and these are, these are great ideas for franchising, um, you know, what would you say to the small business person mm-hmm. who is just starting? They may not have a storefront. Maybe they have a website, and they're they're trying to figure it out. So they're not doing a face to face. They're not mm-hmm. doing, um, you know, they they're not they don't have a support staff like your company to really walk them through making yeah. successful. Yeah. A couple of things on this. Uh, One, you have to be in the top three or don't play the game. So 
whatever your product is, like if you're looking to do a t-shirt company, you know, this is kind of a grim outlook, but you're not Zara, you're not H&M, you don't have the supply <laughs> right. chains, the designers, the other things, and people can Google pretty easily, you know, who's the best t-shirt for this, you know, and you're just, you're not in a market where you're going to be able to play the game. So ask yourself realistically first, can I compete in the top three of this market? Because nobody goes to the second page of Google, right? Right. And then the second thing to do, if you, if you feel like that's satisfied, because I don't want you to dive any energy into advertising until you figure out the quality aspect, right? But if that's figured out, then the second aspect is going to be pick a channel, a social channel, a, like a marketing channel that you feel like you want to, you think you can survive or do well in. And then go to town figuring that channel out. For me, it was Facebook. I got into Facebook and I didn't know what I was doing. I, like if you look at our system today versus two years ago, night and day different, right? I mean, it was so bad, you know, but I basically took an iPhone and I filmed a, a really tiny video of just like bad audio, bad lighting, like nothing was good <laughs> about this video. And I just put it online. And my goal was not, I want to get perfect profitability. It was just mm -hmm. see if I can get sales out of this. Mm -hmm. And it's painful to watch your money be spent on something, especially when you don't have a lot, but you got to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to put 500 to a thousand dollars into this channel. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to do a low budget. You know, I got to be able to pivot because what I'm doing today is not going to be good tomorrow. So mm -hmm. I'm using either pictures or like cheap quality sound. And like, it's okay if it's not great, but I'm going to figure that channel out. And you just go to town on that channel. And once you kind of see some results from that, then you're like incentivized to keep trying and keep building that into more. Yeah. So just to kind of give you an idea. The first ad that I ran was a picture I found on some other website. It was like, copyrighted probably like i probably shouldn't have used it <laughs> i just found some picture We've online all made that mistake by the way <laughs> yeah i mean it was tiny at the time right like i could never get away with that now yeah and we just basically said we put it on facebook and i wrote a little thing it says free bikini waxes click here um and we'll send you an email so they put their name and email in and we sent them an email to go book and we got tons of emails and i just like watched it and, and i got a couple bookings and the bookings actually came in and i was like this is awesome and then then i went from from email to text and I sent them a text message and I figured out how to do that. And now the system today is not only do you get a text message, but we created the AI to actually book the entire appointment online, mm. like right from your phone. And you think you're talking to a human. Mm. That's nice. how good it is. Within two minutes, you got an appointment. It's like the most smooth, slick process. You love it. It's like, it's, it's easy and it makes you feel comfortable, which is our mission, you know, with the company. Yeah. So, so right off the bat, you're, uh, you're establishing a, a friendly voice yeah. to say, Hey, thanks so much. And you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, really what I'm hearing is, um, you're suggesting that people take risks. All right. Things may not be perfect. You may not have the glossiest, um, ads or whatever, but just, try something because things change and you know they will you're, you're going to get better you're going to understand the market um you're going to borrow your you know buddy's equipment or whatever it is yeah but to really take risks yeah yeah and like some people have more like some people are more perfectionist than others like i'm not like look at look at your room that's a good way to tell like <laughs> is your room like your bed's perfect or you like have a messy bed right but you know in in this business we call it mvps minimum viable product Hmm, What's the yeah. minimum viable product necessary to get somebody to do something? Yeah. <clears throat> the brand can suffer a little bit. It's only going to go out to, you know, a couple hundred people. It's like, fine, just get it out there and test it and see if it works. 
and repetition iteration will make it better. Let's just prove the concept that I can get at least a lead in, or at least somebody clicking on this that actually makes an action. And then if it does, like we can make it better. We absolutely can if we put more time and attention to it. But first, let's just get something out there and test it. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. You know, a lot of people, you know, spend months and months perfecting and it's, you need that feedback right away to uh, determine whether it's really catching or hooking people. You need it for the outcome. Yeah. And so like, you know, go, going back to like, going back to my process through things, like I tried to be disruptive throughout the whole process of building this business. And one of the things was like fast to market. That's mm. like the key, like get to market as fast as possible. So instead of taking a year and $400,000, it's two months in a suite, right? My first right. location was in the back of a plastic surgeon's office. It was a friend of mine. He had an empty room and I was like, you using that? He's like, no, I'm like, could I use it? And I, that was my first location. It cost me $3,000 to get up and running. I built a website in one month and within one other month, two months later, I was like already out the door running with clients like fast. Um, same thing with marketing, same thing with advertising. One, one product I had, we haven't talked about this, but I had a product called fat boys. It was a, it was a water blob. You jump on one side and launch on the other. <laughs> and my first product, I had no money. And I went to the factory and I was like, can you take a picture of this? And they said, yes. And I photoshopped the picture on the lake. I never even saw the product and I sold one. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it took one hour to take that picture from the factory, Photoshop mm. it, put it on the lake, put it on a website, run some ads to it. And there it is. Nice. Like that. Again, it, it sounds like um, you, you're just have no problem getting it out there. You know, what is the least amount of energy for the best outcome? Yeah. And, you know, it's also important that you pick the right channels to advertise mm. on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Google is a good channel if somebody is searching for that product. Mm. So if you have something innovative, Google is not the right fit, right? Yeah. yeah Google's great for known. Brazilian waxing. People search for Brazilian waxing, right? Mm. And then they can look at us versus the others. And then it's how do we stand out compared to the others? But for a product like Fat Boys, which was this water blob that no one really knew about that, like Google's <laughs> not your best option, right? There's mm. other channels that can draw more attention and, and, and vi viability. Right. So yeah, going back to really understanding your product, understanding the people who are going to buy it, and then how do you, how do you get it on the channel to advertise it to those people? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I, I think for small business owners, marketing is one of the hardest things. And yeah. if you hire a company that's like stretched and doing like 10 other companies and 15 other, like they don't care that much about your product. Mm -hmm. They're never going to do it as well as you ever, no matter how much you spend on them, how much you hire them for, you really got to become an expert at marketing. And the good news is all of these things you can learn. Like you can learn how to advertise on Google and Facebook. You can hire a mentor to help you with these things, a business coach in that space, but you got to be the one doing it. You've got to learn how to run ads online if you want to be successful online. Right. Period. And the, the benefit of marketing yourself or your team is you can talk to people about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you really understand the benefits. So if when making a sell, you know, you can you can really just pop out with the benefits right away. You know your competitors, you know what you're up against. You can use that as well as again the uh, the positive benefits of what you're selling. So it uh, it really does help you in the long run dealing with people. 
Yeah. And Jody, the key there is benefits. Like so many people miss this. They, they try to sell features and not benefits. Mm. And my biggest like thing on this is like, nobody buys a two inch drill bit. They buy a two inch <laughs> hole, right? You want a hole in your wall. You don't want the two inch drill bit. And I see it so much. It's like, it's like European saying we got a special wax. Like that, that's a feature. Yeah, right. The benefit is hopefully it's less painful. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't know. Did you see the humanely that new AI chip that came out? It's like all yeah. over social media, um, but it was, I, yeah. They raised millions of dollars for this AI chip. Basically, it's like an AI computer that you would wear as a pin. Hmm. So they've raised millions. I mean, I want to say it's like tens of millions of dollars was oh, raised for this. Wow. And their marketing, they had these two scientists who should never have been on camera, the most boring, <laughs> sleepy people. They come out, they like slowly take it out of the box. <laughs> and then they're like, this thing has this computer graphics and this has this amount of space specs. And and you're just like, you're missing the whole point. And mm. a minute and a half in, I'm still asking myself, what does this even do? Right. You just right. spent $10 million developing a product and you spent $100 on your marketing campaign. <laughs> 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 what is wrong with but you? But curiously, you know, I think people are are so AI crazed that you said, you know, tens of millions. Is that what they, is that what people bought to invest or is that what they built the, is that how much they built the product with? What? Jeez, I gotta, I gotta look this up. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna No, that, that's that, okay. That's human. Yeah, because you know, I don't know, you know, maybe the boring scientists are, uh, are the way to go. But I, you know, people aren't going, the, the average person is not going to connect with features. I totally get it. It's like, you know, what, you know, what is the problem we're solving? I always go with that. And that's what they're going to connect with. So, Jody, um, let me just uh, fact check myself on this. It wasn't tens of millions. It was yeah. hundreds of millions. They raised $242 million for and this that's, AI. And that's, um, that's investment. Is that right? Yep. Humane raised $242 million over four rounds of investment. Good. Humane's valuation yes. in September 2020 it was $150 million. Yeah. Uh, that was September 2020. And wow. today, this, so they've, they've spent hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars creating that's this just product. just investment. And two minutes <laughs> into it, the first time that they're selling it to the yeah. world, I'm two minutes in and still have no idea what this thing does. Oh man. What an epic failure. Like I you, know. you have so much money. Spend money on your marketing. That's the most <laughs> important thing for you. Right. Right. Oh, I I love thank you for going back. So it really was a big faux pas about uh the marketing, the missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're going to work for Humane. (laughs) That's great. Well, um, Brigham, how can people find out more about you, more about Hello Sugar? Yeah. I mean, I got a TikTok. So if people want to follow me on TikTok, it's Brigham Dallas uh, is my TikTok handle. And I I post videos on there just sharing my experience as a CEO. And then uh, if you're interested in learning about Hello Sugar, just go to Hello Sugar Franchise. You can Google it or just go to hellosugar.salon and then find the franchise page on there. Happy to schedule a meeting to talk more about these opportunities. And uh, yeah, we're growing nationwide. I mean, we're 76 units today after two years. And I, I estimate that by the end of 2024, we'll be at 200 units. Open. Wow. Open. Awesome. That is amazing. I love the business model too. And yeah. I love the way you uh, you got over the one year and 400,000 and, um, you know, went with these small oops, 10 by 10 rooms, salon suites. So keep on getting creative 
taking risks and uh, building your franchise. It's been a Let's pleasure go. to talk to you. Thank you, Jody. It's so it's a pleasure to talk to you as well. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. All right, Brigham, you take care. All right. And um, again, best of luck. Thank you. Yay. Take care. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.